The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. All right. Hello and welcome. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Danielle Matthews. Danielle is a brain injury survivor and an expert in redox signaling. Danielle, thank you for coming on to this morning. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that, that little intro right there, expert in redox signaling, we're going to have to dig into that a bit more because um, <laughs> I don't, me, I'm like, uh, okay, I don't really, I've never heard of that. So that's interesting. But that's part of the reason why I invite people like you on because you talk about things I know nothing about. And I'm pretty sure that 90% of people listening to this probably know nothing about too. So, so um Danielle, um, I like to kind of start at the very beginning. Okay, so I know something about you just because of what I read, but probably most don't. So I like to kind of take us back to the very beginning and talk, talk to us how we all got here right now in this conversation. Yeah, so honestly, my story kind of goes back about 10 years ago um, to when I lost my health. And I grew up, you and I were chatting a little bit, we grew up in a similar area. So I grew up in Maryland. I went to school, University of Virginia. I studied biology. I've always been fascinated by how the body works. And a couple of years out of school, I was involved in a bad car accident. Um, I was hit by a drunk driver in Baltimore <laughs> and uh, sustained a brain injury. And my world turned upside down. I was 23 at the time of the accident. And I went from being vibrant, you know, working, living life the way I wanted to not being able to concentrate for extended periods. Uh, I couldn't handle any sort of impact. So like light or noise uh, was overwhelming to me. It felt like someone was like shining a flashlight directly in my eye. Just natural light felt that intense to me. And so we had blackout fabric, you know, I was wearing sunglasses, hats. Um, the worst part of it was the pounding in my head. I had these migraines that were just relentless. And doctors didn't really have a lot of solutions. Um, they actually told me that, oh, this will just clear up. You know, you've had a, a mild traumatic brain injury was the classification, which I've always said is a total oxymoron because there's certainly right. wild about it. Um, but I was fortunate on the scale of brain injury. I didn't have a bleed. I wasn't in a coma. I wasn't having to relearn how to talk or walk, but I had all of these, you know, symptoms that were stopping me from being able to live life. And so ultimately, you know, I, I lost my job because I was unable to perform. You know, they didn't want to let me go. They said, when you get healthy, come back. But, you know, I couldn't do what I needed to do. And ultimately ended up moving back in with my parents and trying to focus on getting healthy. And these doctors were telling me, you know, it'll clear in a month. And then they said, give it three months. Then they said six months. And then at my one-year appointment, my neurologist said to me, look, Danielle, with this type of injury, your body's done the healing that it's going to do. And he said, this is just your new normal and you need to adjust your life around these symptoms and, and just move on. And Sean, I mean, I don't know how many people would sit in that office and kind of just take that at face value, but probably within, most. Yeah. <laughs> something within me, thank goodness said, no way. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, well, you're fired. If you think this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life, I'm 24, that's not a life. And I just, I was so sure I would find something that would help me. And um, I kept, you know, I kept looking and kept searching. And ultimately I did. That's where Redox came in. But 
there was a whole lot that happened during that time that I would say has changed me in ways that I just, I wish and want others to have the same perspective. It's like I shifted and learned how to master my own mind, you know, how to master my emotions, how to be able to create my world from the inside out, despite, you know, all these things going on in my external world and, you know, the injury and everything else. And that to me is something that I think if people could understand, it can set them free in their own lives too. And I truly believe I went through my journey so I could turn around and help other people, you know, on their journey. And it's with those mindsets, as well as, of course, the redox technology that, that changed my world. And I've now helped thousands of people with their health also. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's just jump right into it. Let's not be coy. What is redox technology? Yeah. So you see this little blue bottle behind me? Uh-huh. Have you ever seen this before? A sea of redox? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. So this stuff, it's been around for, gosh, like 13 years. Um, I'd never okay. heard of it. So ASEA is the name of the company. Redox is the technology. Now, ASEA didn't make up the, the term redox. Um, just to do a little science, a little background. Obviously, the biologist in me wants to kind of go a little deep with people. But redox mm -hmm. stands for reductants and oxidants. They are these little, like, two to four atom big molecules that are the signaling system. So when you have damage, like, say you cut yourself. We watch, you know, that repair. And have you ever wondered, probably most people don't, but these are the kinds of things I wonder, like, how did the body know to do that? Like, how did the body know to go right there and repair? Or like you, you're working out with your clients, right? Mm -hmm. And they break down muscle and it rebuilds, right? The point of working out, right? Is to break down and get stronger. So how did the body know to rebuild that area? It knows because a signal goes out. And that's what these redox molecules do. They're part of the signaling system that alerts the body and says, hey, there's damage over here you need to repair. Or, hey, there's a mutated cell need to get rid of it, right? And these molecules are, they're made in our mitochondria. Um, what happens though is that our mitochondria after puberty get less efficient. And so your system starts to have less of these signaling molecules as you get older. Like every decade of life, say you're down about 10%. And so if you think about it, like our cell phones, right? When we have strong service, everything's great. Strong signal, we're good. But you know, you go into the woods, you got one bar of service, you can't, you know, the phone's great, but if it doesn't have signal, can't do what you need it to do mm -hmm. same with our body. So as the body has less and less signal, it's less and less able to detect the damage. And that's why things become chronic. They go undetected. All of a sudden you're going to the doctor because, you know, you have X, Y, Z thing going on. And that's what happens with aging. With me, I had a trauma. So I had a ton of damage and it was as if there just wasn't enough signal like for the body to know where to go and repair because the just the weak of the signal with all that I had that was needed. And um, this company, they figured out how to create these redox molecules outside of the body, keeping them in a bioactive form. Like scientists have been able to make these molecules all the time in the lab. Like there's tons of research on this. Most of our top universities have redox research centers, but it was thought to be impossible to keep them stable because if you have something that's negative and positive, like they just want to react. Mm -hmm. So these guys were able to figure out how to keep them stable so that you could actually drink and replenish your system supply. And what's mind blowing about that is that you can't be allergic to it, completely non-toxic, won't contraindicate with anything. So it's literally safe for anyone to take. And it just goes into your body and it's going to help where you need it, which makes it sound too good to be true. But when you, when you think about the processes and actually what it's doing in the body it makes sense, right? Where I have damage and where you have damage completely different. 
just like our house. Like where I'm having an issue in my house, you're probably having a different issue in your house. And that's just the way that it is. Right. And right. We bring workers in to go resolve it. Uh, same with their body. And it's like these molecules are like, I think of them like little construction workers coming in and they're going to go work where I need it. And so in my system, right, that was my brain. Um, for other people, it might be hormones, it might be digestion, it might be their heart, it might be their lungs, it might be their liver, their kidney, I mean, it might be their skin. You know, it just depends on where they've got the damage. Wild. So yeah. you can li- you can literally put this stuff into a bottle and ingest it. And like a, like a common beverage, and then yeah, it works its marriage. It, like, you wouldn't drink it straight out of the bottle. You actually have to pour it. You have to pour it okay. in a hot glass. You drink about two ounces. Okay. Okay. At night, <laughs> uh, athletes will drink two ounces pre-workout, two ounces post-workout because right. Super interesting is this stuff. It's in the supplement category, so they unfortunately they can't do research on like a specific disease or illness because then they'd be considered a drug, and that's like a whole nother a whole nother thing. And this touches so many things. They made the decision, well, gosh, back in 2008, a pharmaceutical company went to buy this technology. So that was actually the route it was going. Um, but then they made it clear that they weren't going to be bringing it to market right away in the way that mm-hmm. the on the patents was envisioning and wanting. And he was nervous they were going to shelve it. And he said, Mm-mm. and he backed out of that deal, multi-million dollar offer. And he said, I'll figure out another way to get it to market. So he landed on forming this company, ASEA, and bringing it to market through word of mouth because he thought that that would get in the hands of the people that needed it fastest. But in doing that, he classified it as a self-signaling supplement. And so now their hands are tied as far as doing like, you know, a specific like redox and cancer, redox and Parkinson's. Like you you can't do that with ASEA. (laughs) You can look at what the general bodies of research are knowing about, okay, there's a redox imbalance in cancers. There's a redox imbalance in Parkinson's. Like you can look at that and then connect the dots. Well, what if I then can add redox in, right? You could do that, but you can't make any claims. So what they can do is structure function studies. And what they can do is kind of in your arena, which is athletes. So they were able to go and do studies and say, okay, if we give this to say mice and let's run these mice to exhaustion, see how far they go on their little wheel. Then put a group on saltwater, put a group on the ASEA redox. After seven days, let's see how far they run. Well, the group on the redox molecules ran 29% further before hitting their exhaustion point. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> that amount of difference. And that's what a lot of athletes are saying. They're like, I'm not hitting my wall. You know, I'm having my endurance go up. I'm lifting more. I'm running further. And so they started to do other research. Well, why? Right? What's actually going on in the system? Well, it turns out you're shifting into fatty acid metabolism. So now you're burning these different metabolites before your muscle glycogen. And so therefore the lactic acid isn't building up as quickly. So you're not hitting your wall as quickly. It's fascinating. And then on the flip yeah. side, like there's a topical, this is behind me, this stuff, same, same as what's in the bottle. It's just more concentrated. And I like this because you tell it where to go. So what a lot of athletes will do is they'll rub it on their mm-hmm. muscle post-workout. And it will soothe the muscle. Like it will signal to the system, hey, there's damage here, right? Because you just worked it out. Mm -hmm. And you'll rebuild faster. The repair process happens faster. And you'll feel, I mean, you'll feel a difference in your muscles. Um, Even if you're not working out, people that just are stiff or achy, they got bad joints, whatever it is. You put this stuff on. What we found is that three applications within a five minute period seems to be like magical. Where people's you know, their mobility starts to come back. Mm-hmm. 
go away. And I'll, um, I just last week I was traveling all around Florida doing events. And this is what I did at every event. I said, you know, where you got discomfort, right? What's going on with your muscles, your joints? And I gave everybody a sample. And then I went around the room after 10 minutes and I said, well, what are you experiencing now? You know, and it's like amazing. Nine out of 10 people are like, holy cow, it's right. gone from this to this, you know? And they're right. like shock on their faces. Like, how did that stuff do it? And I'm like, I know. <laughs> it didn't do it. Your body did it. Right, right. right. Knows how to repair itself. It's just like, if it didn't hear the signal, it didn't do it. Right, right. Okay, so I'm going to ask a profoundly stupid question, but I just, but I just want to, I just want to have you bring clarity where clarity may, may not be. So, what is really the difference between this, the drink, and the cream? The difference between this and a steroid or a painkiller? Yeah. So, what I would say is like redox molecules are the innate innate workings of the system that signal. I think when you add in mm, a steroid or you add in like uh, something that's an anti-inflammatory, I look at it as like you're adding a material, a very specific material that's going to do a very specific thing in the body. Mm -hmm. All right. The redox molecules though, they're the repair force. So like materials are great. You need materials in your body. Um, but if you have the repair force in there doing the work, repairing it before there's even an issue, like I don't need that material. That's almost like a bandaid, right? Like an anti-inflammatory to me, is like a bandaid. It's not, it's not addressing the underlying reason of why there was inflammation. It's just helping the inflammation go down. These guys, these molecules go in and they, they're addressing the underlying like root of the issue. Like what's, you know, maybe it's your antioxidants aren't activated. Maybe your glutathione levels, you know, are, are not upregulated. And so therefore you're having inflammation in the body when you shouldn't. This is going and activating glutathione. It's activating your genes that get switched off. I mean, that's what some of the research is on that just blew my mind because it was in young, healthy people. And it was looking at our genetic expression and like our environment, stress, toxins, turn off our genes. Well, these molecules are what keep this, keep the signal on. They keep these gene pathways open. And when they did this research with these 35-year-olds, again, it was eight weeks. They did a group on, on just saline and then they group on the ASEA redox. And after eight weeks, the group on the redox had a 20 to 31% increase in these genes, whereas the saline group right, had nothing. So what did that mean? Well, it means that like the gene that helps regulate your innate immune response, that part of your body that goes after viruses, that got upregulated. Uh, the gene that helps with keeping an inflammatory response in balance, that got upregulated. So what's happening is the system on its own is regulating itself and you don't need these other things. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, you know, it does, it does. And while you were talking about it, I actually started to think about uh, autoimmune disorders. Oh, yeah. And how and how this might actually apply to that. Yeah, the way I, I had the same question, because I was like, well, wait a second, if the immune system's now being like activated, is that bad for an autoimmune person? And they describe right. like this, like the autoimmune, the cells that are part of that are just having like a fuzzy signal where it's like causing the body to attack itself. And so what this does is it gets rid of those cells that are having the fuzzy signal and puts in the cells that are that are repaired, that are operating optimally. And so the immune system can get back to doing, you know, what it's designed to do and not attack right. the body that it is. Um, it's remarkable. I like, there's not a challenge I haven't seen it touch in some way. And it's just like, not that it's a, a treatment or a cure for anything, but it's like when you think about, okay, if I can just help my system to communicate properly again, 
and to find the areas that are that are damaged and to find the things that have gotten turned off and turn them back on, now all of a sudden my body can do what it was designed to do, which is to repair and work at its optimum. And it's like, I don't know, I'm I'm very into giving my system things that are natural. Like steroids can have repercussions mm-hmm. <laughs> on the body, you know, if you're taking that and it, they're not good. And to me, this is something that's, it's beyond natural. Like this is native. Like my body recognizes this as if I made it. So no toxicity, you know, it's, it's just such a profound thing to say, okay, I'm just going to support my system in the way my system, you know, knows how it needs to be supported. Right, right, exactly. Uh, so now there's also, there's a mention of the quantum cellular healing technology. Is that the same as the redox? Is, yeah, is that I the same thing? This, it is. I talk about this as a quantum healing modality. Ah, uh, okay. When you think about the quantum world, right, we're getting down, you know, into electron transfer. We're getting down into this very, very tiny level. And it's like, right. that's all this is. If you go down to the root of redox, it's electron transfer. <laughs> right. Give an electron, oxidants take an electron. And so that's how the cells are community communicating. And that's what's going on here. And if we go down into like if you dive into the quantum physics, everything's energy. And so like I have uh healers that, you know, are very um they they have the ability to pick up on the energy of things, right? And tap into the energy of things. And I think it's something we all have. It's just that some people have heightened it, you know, and they've really focused on it. But so many of them will tell me, Danielle, the energy that that bottle holds is phenomenal. And I've flown out to their production facility, gosh, near 10 times now. And I bring, you know, groups of people with me, integrative medicine practitioners, different healers, um, all sorts of different people, entrepreneurs. And all of them say the same thing. The energy of that place is phenomenal. And it's like, yeah, like this holds such a high vibration. Like it's such a high energy. There's a gentleman, he has a a bio well machine. Okay. This machine is something that I don't know if you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he does a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Dr. Joe uses bio well for, uh, at his meditations to like track, like, okay, the energy of the body, where are you now? We do these meditations. Where's your system now? And the bio well is picking up like organs that are off your chakra system, everything. So that machine also has, it's called a Sputnik, and it will pick up the energy in a room. All right. So this gentleman, he distributes biowell machines here in the U.S. And he brought, he went out to the facility. He brought the little Sputnik machine. He brought it into the facility. It kicked it offline. He said, my God, <laughs> the energy is so high here. The only other time that happened to me was at uh, Machu Picchu. He said at the top of Machu Picchu, the same thing. The Sputnik got kicked offline because the energy was so high. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, that's, that's why I look at it as this quantum healing modality. I also think like there's so much, I, I can stick to the science because that's what I know. And that's my background mm-hmm. so I work with a lot of people in this space. And they'll say to me, Danielle, this shifts your energy. And I've watched it. Like I could sit at a hotel, say when we have like a big event, there's people coming in. I could probably say to you, that person's on ASEA, that person's not. And it's this like glow. I don't know how else to describe it. It is this like glow, the sense of like well-being that people have. I call it the ASEA glow. But I think it's that energy. I really do. I think it's this vibrational state that it's bringing the system into. And I'll tell you, like, I'm so much happier. Like, life, things just like flow off of me. Like, I, it, it is amazing the, the space that it helps my body to hold. And I think and I want everyone to be in that space. Like, everyone deserves to feel wonderful. And that will allow you to show up in your relationships, in your workouts, you know, in your job, in just a different way when your physical body is, you know, 
Right. Right. So that leads me into my next question is what were you like before your injury and before all your, <laughs> all your discoveries? Cause you know, you just made, you just made mention that, you know, you feel much more complete, um, which is ironic 10 years after a severe brain injury, but you feel probably better now than you did um, pre injury. So what were you like before that? It's a great question. So, I mean, I, I've always been like high achiever. So I, I, I was in sports my whole life. I was a swimmer mm-hmm. um, in high school. I then t- went into softball. I you know, played on my varsity team. And then when I got to college, I got into snowboarding and I was on the, the girls' snowboard team. Um, and <laughs> of course, swam throughout all of that and everything else. So I've, oh. I've always performed in that way. I've always loved working out. And I also, in the classroom, like performed. I graduated top of my class in high school, in college, all these, all these things. Um, so my, my brain's always been on point. I've <laughs> always been very like driven. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. It was like, uh, I was never present, you know, I was like always going and always thinking about the future. And because of my accident, because of being pulled from life for several years and having to sit on the sidelines and literally not being able to do, like, I couldn't look at a computer screen, you know, I, I could, I couldn't do much. I could read a book. I could maybe cook if I remembered to like turn the stove off and stuff, but was, yeah, like it was like, what you do with yourself? I could sit in nature. Like it was like this total reworking of like, what did it mean to be me? Because prior to my accident, I identified myself with all the things I did in the world. You know, I was an athlete. I was great in school. I was great at my job. You know, I was a good friend, all, all those, you know, all those things. And then all that got pulled from me. And so it was really interesting because I, I mean, I, I went through severe anxiety, severe depression. I had panic attacks like you wouldn't believe because I didn't know what my future was going to look like. Doctors were telling me I wasn't going to have one. And I didn't know who I was, you know, like when all that gets peeled away, like, who are you really? And it's, you know, who what 23 year old is sitting back and asking these questions, probably not too many, but I think we all should be because what I, what I learned is that there is so much more to each of us. Like what I learned is that, you know, my mind and the thoughts running in it are not me. There is something there that is there before the thought, during the thought and after the thought. And that, that's my true essence. Like that's who I really am. And I started to meditate. I started to get in touch with that side of me more. And I realized when you do that, you tap into this like infinite potential. This is the, where the quantum world got super exciting to me because you tap into that energy of everything and you realize we're all connected. And like, you can pull things in. Like my intuition has gotten stronger. My ability to communicate has gotten better because I'm very present in the moment, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like that, <laughs> I'm like a totally different person now post-accident because of those things. You know, and I'm able to be, I just, I have so much gratitude. I would say I live my life at a different vibrational state um, because I know what it's like to lose everything. I know that tomorrow's not guaranteed. Like it it could all Mm -hmm. crash down again tomorrow. Will I be okay? Yes, because I realize I'm more than just these things that are in the world right now. Um, It's like when, when, you know, the pandemic came, like people were freaking out and I was thinking like, huh like a walk in the park for me <laughs> my, my health is with me like all right i'm stuck inside again right. like i went through this before and i thought it too will pass you know and mm. so it didn't i didn't allow uh, these emotional reactions to just take me on a wild ride it was like i observed my emotions and then i was like yeah you know i know that <laughs> there's more here and so i could kind of just put that aside and i 
I wish everyone could have access to that. Like that to me is what changed so much for me. Um, and then of course, an appreciation for my body and my physical health. It's like, right. never know. What were, you, were you uh, spiritual prior yeah, to your accident? I would say I was, uh, well, how would I describe myself? Like I, so I grew up uh, Methodist. I went to school, mm-hmm. uh, not school, I went to whatever confirmation training. Um, I got confirmed at the age of 12 and I'll never forget. I said to my parents, he said, well, guys, if I was born somewhere else, I'd have a different religion. And they said, I was born here. So this is the religion we say is right. But mm-hmm. I was born somewhere else and the Muslim religion would be my religion. So what makes this one right? And they didn't have an answer for me. And I said, I don't want to go to church anymore. And they said, okay. And so then I, I never had words for it, Sean, but like, I always felt that when I looked at somebody, I was looking at God. That's how I always felt. I'm like, there is something when I look into people's eyes, that's beyond the person I'm looking at, you know? And I've always felt that way. And I always felt super connected to nature. And I felt that there was this connection between everything. And uh, the religions that I was exposed to never could explain it. I took um, Hinduism in college. Cause again, I was like constantly searching. Um, and, but just nothing was like resonating with me. And then meditation, right. I was like, wow, I'm tapping into that thing. <laughs> you know, when I started to meditate and then I, uh, I went to a yoga nidra training. So yoga nidra is the type of meditation I was doing. It's a guided meditation. And I was um, helping a woman, her name is Kamini Desai. I was helping her with her book because she was writing a book on the research behind meditation, which I could help with. And um, she said to me, I would love to gift you a training, Danielle. And I was like, why would I want to do that? You know, I was like, no, no thanks. And then I ended up moving to Florida, moving like two hours from her, the institute where she does it. And I was like, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> so, so then, and that's where it all started to click in for me because she started to, in the teachings where I thought I was going to learn how to guide someone through a meditation, the first five days were this immersion into the yogic philosophy as to why meditation was even designed and what is it a tool for. And I was fascinated because basically it was like the yogis were saying, well, here's what they said. If there was a single truth that if known solved everything, what would that truth be? And what they came to is that the truth is that you need to realize that you are more than your thoughts. And yet when you disidentify from them, you create a space where now you can decide how you want to interact and react with the world rather than being at mercy to your emotional reaction. And they said that they then designed yoga nidra meditation to be a tool for you to step away from your thoughts. Like meditation pulls you out of your thoughts and into that space, right? You become the sky, not the storm cloud that's in the sky. And that when you do it again and again, that tool helps you to access that then in your day-to-day life. And I remember as she was speaking, I was like, holy cow, this is what I've experienced. This is what I've always felt. And the other thing she explained was that like, the yoga philosophy says that we're all like the ocean, but we come into expression. We come into form as a human, as a wave. And as a wave, we forget because we're looking at this external world and we're like, whoa, and we're like fascinated by it. But we forget that our essence is this water, that we're actually connected to the ocean. And so meditation drops you back into the ocean to remind you of who you actually are, where you come from, what you're connected to. And then we come back out into this form, you know, to to express and to then re-realize the power within. 
And when she explained that, I just went, that's it. Like, that's what I've always felt and known to be true. And then I realized, oh, it's called being spiritual and whatever. Like it opened up this whole thing. So I, I would say um, that's like the evolution for me, um, you know, with this. And I believe every religion too really gets at these same core truths, you know, that you have to have faith that there is more. Uh, and yeah, I think some take it away that it's not meant to be taken, but whatever, everybody's on their journey. <laughs> Do you think, so it's, seems to be just by what you're describing to me that um, this inclination towards the spiritual was already there, but just now and with the brain injury and, and the introduction to the meditation and the yogi philosophy, you just kind of found a voice for it. You found the proper vehicle for it. Is that, exactly. is that about right? It was, like, it was like some, it was as if like I knew this, but I couldn't articulate it. And now I'm like, oh, someone else has articulated it. And I just, I resonate with it so much because it's my, it's the reality I've lived. If that makes sense. Like, and it's, mm -hmm. it's like this knowing that I have within me of like, yeah, that's, that's the truth. It's my truth. And, you know, I push it on anybody. And I think everyone's. Right exploring things where they are and like that's the beauty of this right that's why we're here <laughs> is right. to ask these questions and have this exploration uh, but for me i would say having that to ground me and that philosophy to come back to it just it helps me with perspective so it helps me like i just wrote a book um i don't even know if i told you about this the it's called mind control it's all in your head mm -hmm. and i talk about how some of these yogic principles really are what helped me to realize that every obstacle in our life, every challenge, every person is really placed there to help us become more self-aware and to help us evolve. And when an obstacle is put in your path, it's happening for you. And what's meant to happen is for you to realize something that's unresolved within you that you need to release or realize the potential that's sitting there untapped inside of you that's being asked to come out. And if you don't face the challenge like that, if you play victim to it, like how easy could it have been for me to be a victim in my accident? I would say everyone would say I was a victim. And for the first year, I said I was a victim. And then I said, this is not serving me. <laughs> Being a victim means I've given my power to somebody else. And I said, no, how can I interact and react with what's shown up in my life in a way that lets me take my power back and allows me to be empowered and make some choices here that can you know, lead to me being happier? And I think that's what everybody, like, this is a game, this game of life. It's like, it's all unfolding for us always so that we can develop and become more, develop and become more. And to me, that's, that's everything. When you can look at life in that way, you take it less seriously, you have more fun. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You realize, you know, it's all going to be okay. It's all working out. And uh, it, I think that that those yogic philosophies and this, this, the meditation all of this kind of come into my world it just helps me be more rooted in that and so it served me in growing a business in working with people and speaking i mean it's amazing sean i have a friend um who i said to him one day like probably six years ago i said i will never be on social media like you will never see my face out there and he was like but you'd be amazing people need to hear what you have to say and i was like absolutely not but then I got out of my own way. I was like, wait a second. That's some emotional thing. I moved it out of the way. And I said, well, what if I show up online? What would happen? And so I started to a few years ago. And my ripple effect has gone global. I've met people around the world. I've changed the lives of people around the world. And it's like, huh. <laughs> right. When we get our own, like, you know, emotional trigger reaction, I call it the ego mind. You get that out of the way. Uh, your true potential can shine and come through. Yeah, exactly. So... 
just so uh, people have an understanding just how far you have come, um, let's go into some of the more darker moments mm. post-accident. Now, you touched upon it earlier. You said, you know, doctor, neurologist after a year pretty much wrote you off saying, you know, you're not going to get any further in this. And I think actually, because you said earlier that uh, how high achieving you were, um, the fact that someone just kind of wrote you off like that, I think just seems like it stoked your competitive fire and it's almost like somebody, you know, shit talk, somebody shit talking you out on the, on the court. And it's like, Oh, Oh, really? <laughs> so that I, 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 I you. <laughs> yeah. Br yeah. Bring it on that kind of thing. So, um, but obviously there, you know, there's a lot of grim realities you had to face and plow through in order just to get to where you are right now. Um, so let's, let's touch on that just a bit. Yeah, it's so funny because I think I gloss over it and I, I probably shouldn't because there are people going through some real stuff. And when people realize, look, a lot of people talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. People don't talk about post-traumatic growth. And I didn't realize that was a thing until it happened to me where I used this trauma that I went through to spur growth that was like ridiculous and has launched me into this next chapter. But you have to go through the darkness, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I have a really good friend of mine he has a song called no mud, no Lotus. And it's like the stuff you go through, you grow through and you have to have right. that stuff in order to get the beauty at the other side. Um, so for me, I mean, where do you even start? Like one of the hardest things was losing my job because I physically couldn't work. And here I am, I'm 23 years old. I was trying, but I, and I looked, I looked like this. This was the crazy thing. You looked at me. I looked like this. Danielle, you look fine. That's what everyone kept saying to me. Danielle, you look fine. And I'd look in the mirror and I'm like, Danielle, you look fine. Like snap out of it, you know? And I couldn't like brain injury is crazy in that way. It's, it's internal. And the scans weren't showing anything because I didn't have a bleed. I didn't have like what, you know, a moderate or severe brain injury. And so everything was just what I was claiming was happening. Right. Where but it was obvious. I mean, if you looked at my eyes, you could tell like something was not right inside of me. Um, but I couldn't concentrate. Like I would just get completely overwhelmed if I tried to do any sort of anything, um, you know, or I'd write a to-do list and then I'd come back a couple hours later and I'd write the same to-do list, like forgetting that I had done it. And I was feeling a little nuts and I was having panic attacks like that were just coming out of nowhere. So like a friend was driving me and a biker like came, I was living in Colorado at the time. There's bikers everywhere. And I freaked out. Like I literally started hyperventilating. I, my whole body went numb. I was sobbing, like screaming. And he's like, look, he's getting upset with me. Like Danny, I know how to drive a car. Like I'm not going to hit the biker. But, and I was like, it was not voluntary. <laughs> it was right. Really voluntary. You know? So I ended up um, seeking therapy because it's like, there are um, incredible professionals out there to support. And if you're going through something like there's somebody out there that can help. And I searched for a therapist that I resonated with because the first one I met, I don't know. I just was like, no. And I ended up with a guy um, that was phenomenal and he did uh, EMDR. And it's a, it's like, I literally just like tracked something and mm -hmm. it opens up pathways in the mind. And we got to the root of like why I was having this trauma response. And it was all about control. And that was a fascinating, like, <laughs> um, you know, realization. But it was like, as soon as I realized it, poof, it was gone. I kid you not. Like, I, I, the PTSD gone. 
And, but I stayed in therapy because the emotional intensity of what I was going through, like I lost my independence and it was like, I did not see a future, you know, and I was dealing with such severe physical issues. I, I felt awful. I mean, it felt like somebody had a vice grip on my head. It felt like something was like pulsing like this in my head constantly. My neck hurt. I, you know, I couldn't handle input. So like, I'm in a dark, I'm in a dark room. It's like what I could do. And what do you do with yourself in a dark room all day long? Like you, it's, you drive yourself crazy. And so it was, it was bad. I mean, it was really intense. And, um, I had a lot of friends that sort of just faded away, mm-hmm. which, uh, was really difficult for me. And thankfully my therapist said to me, Danielle, it's not about you. It's just like, what's happened to you is it's so scary for them to realize like someone can go from being so bright, vibrant, living, you know, a dream life to just having where you are now, like it's hard for people. They don't know how to interact with it. And so, and they don't want to touch it because it's scary to them too. And so like, I had all these friends just drift away and except a handful that were, you know, there for me. And I'm like, don't be friends forever. <laughs> like family. That's, yeah. a, that's when you know, they're big friends forever. Oh yeah. I mean, I had a friend that would come over. He would just sit with me in a dark room, like, and do nothing. And I wasn't the nicest, like my uh, personality had shifted. So I'm, as you can tell, like happy, bubbly, like that's me um, since I was little. <laughs> but <laughs> after my accident, I didn't have a tolerance. It was like everything was inundating me so much all the time that just talking to somebody was a lot. And so if they didn't understand what I was needing or wanting, I was just very intense with them, like and short, because it was so overwhelming for me that I was like, I can't get into this. Like, you just need to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I was not the nicest sometimes and yeah, he would just sit, he'd play games with me. I could play board games, you know, and stuff like that. But no, it was, it was dark. It was intense. Um, and I'll, you know, I tried a lot of different therapies. Like it wasn't like I was just sitting around like, Oh, you know, what was me? Like we were, we were actively seeking things. I tried hyperbaric oxygen treatment. I tried neurobiofeedback. I completely changed my diet. You know, I got rid of gluten. I, I started on all sorts of different supplements. Like I did all these things in that year. And maybe if I had been a 10 out of 10, I got to an eight out of 10. Like it made some difference, but it was like, I wasn't, I was not getting back to my old life. And when that neurologist said that to me, it was interesting because something like you said, something switched in me and it might've been my Mm -hmm. spirit. It was whatever it was. It was like, no, like enough is enough. And what can I do? And I just, there's this equation that I think about. I share it in my book too. The external world plus your internal response equals your reality. There you go. And I realized my internal response was terrible. <laughs> I was being angry. I was feeling like a victim. I was you know, getting upset. I was frustrated. Like, and so my life was full of anxiety and depression and just, it wasn't fun. And I thought, all right, well, I can't change the accident. I can't change the injury, right? All this stuff what can I do? And I thought, well, I can decide to be happy. Like I can, I can decide to be grateful that I'm still here. You know, I can, I had started a brain injury support group and it was so funny because there was also um, a uh, spinal cord injury support group and the woman that ran them, she ran them both. And she was like, it's so funny. The spinal cord injury people say they're so grateful. They don't have a brain injury because at least their minds with them. And the brain injury people, we were all saying, well, at least we're not, you know, our, our spines are okay. <laughs> we walk. You know, so it was like, it's so interesting, but like you find these 
things to be grateful for. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to be okay. You know? And so I, I started a gratitude journal, which is something I feel like everybody should do. And we all know it, but like right here, do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like when you actually do it, you rewire your brain. Like, yeah, you really do. I, I can't think about the negative stuff that happens in my life. I literally, I'm like, it doesn't serve me. It's gone. I think about the positive, period. End of sentence. That's where I keep my mind. And it's because of that gratitude journal. You know, and it was so hard for me at the beginning. I'm like, what the hell is there to be grateful for? You know, because I was thinking about the life I used to have. Mm-hmm. And I just said, well, that's gone. <laughs> Let's be present with what is. What is there to be grateful for? I could go on a walk right. with my dog. Like, I could hang out with my grandparents. Like, there were things I could do. And, yeah, it sounds like gratitude. You, you've captured right. amazing things there, too, Sean. Huh? Yeah, right. You really have. And, you know, the thing about it especially getting older, you know, cause I'm verging on 40 and getting older and having lived a life already of sorts. I mean, I've had children, I've been married, I've been divorced. I've lived a life, you know, coming on, on 40 years old. And you realize now that life does come in phases. Like what you were at 23 is not supposed to be what you're supposed to be at 43. And if it, and if it is, maybe there's something wrong because you haven't really learned, you haven't really learned much. You haven't really learned much of anything here. And, um, and the, it's really neat that you kind of, you hit on like Hinduism and spiritualism, Buddhism and things like that, because they all teach the same thing. They all teach the idea of impermanence. This too shall pass, you know, and that applies to both the positive and negative. This too shall pass. In other words, you are supposed to be reborn in a, put it in a very dramatic fashion. You're supposed to be reborn in different stages of your life. And that is the way life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a running river, not a still pond, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, uh, so it's, it's very, it's very neat. It was really cool to hear you articulate that in, in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at you, it's fun to hear it in your way. And it's like, I think too, like it's a river, right? And then there are boulders in the river. It happens. Mm. What happens? Like, mm. yeah. Water doesn't just go, oh, I need to be going yeah. this way. It says, all right, let's ease around this way. Like, that's what happens. And I think yeah. what I believe to be true is that things are happening in our life for us. There's no good or bad. It's we have an opinion about how it should be. We mm-hmm. have judgments on how we think it ought to be. But if we just release those judgments and just accept it, well, this is what it is. How do I want to now move based on this information? Uh, life is going to get a lot easier for people. And and the good and the bad also, like, without that, right? It's just, it's just polarity. That's just what this world is. It's like day and night. One's not better than the other. It just is. And so how do we interact with it? You decide, but realize like it's all happening for you. And when, when a door closes, it's because something else is meant to unfold. Like you're, I just think of that. Oh, it's guiding me in a different way. And so when these things that I perceive maybe to be negative because of the opinions of what I thought it was going to look like, uh, I just step back and I go, huh, how interesting. I wonder what's going to happen next. Because typically the challenging things open up to like this next phase of growth. And so now I'm just like, all right, buckle up. Like something's about to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. I just know yep. that that's the truth. It's like, okay, you're being asked to kind of level up here. Exactly, exactly right. Well, uh, Danielle, I know you're kind of pressed for time here, so we're going to start to wrap it up here. Okay, but one thing I like to do as a kind of a closing tradition here is that, because um, I know we cover a lot of ground here, um, if there was one thing that you'd like your listeners to walk away with, if they remembered nothing that you said, what would be the one thing you'd like them to remember? 
just ask, what is this challenge making possible? Whatever's unfolding in your life right now, just ask what it's making possible and step away, right? Disidentify from the emotional reaction you're having, realize that you're more and go, all right, what is potentially opening up here? And allow yourself to dance in that space, you know, at least for a few minutes. It's going to, well, you do it and you report back to me what it does for you because it is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great test of um, versatility and fortitude. And, uh, and you know, it, it, you have to work at it being positive. Um, it doesn't come naturally to me. You know, um, it just because it just doesn't. My brain was not wired for the longest time to be positive, and I still struggle with it. But you know, I am working on it. So, but it is worth it, definitely. Yeah, it is, and it's like we're programmed. Like people have to realize, and don't beat yourself up. Like that's part of the problem is we start on this path, and then oh my god, we slip into some negative mindset, and then we get angry that we did. Like no, <laughs> just like just mm-hmm. get back on the road, right? No, yeah, just try again. <laughs> yep, just give it another go. You know, right. Exactly. <laughs> all right oh ladies and gentlemen uh this has been a great conversation um this has been the uh fitness reborn podcast again my name is sean my guest is uh danielle matthews danielle thank you again for coming on thank you for sharing your insights and your expertise and i uh, wish i had more time but you know that's life um I will put in the show notes uh, information where you can contact Danielle, all her all her uh, social media, her website, um, her book too. I think it's available on Amazon. Is that correct? You just there's a link they can go and download it for free. It'll download right to their computer. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I'll put access to that on the show notes too. And don't forget again, you can find my social media in the show notes. They'll be in the bottom. Um, I also have an online training course. Uh, it's available for people who need it slash want it or both. I just uploaded a new course on neuromuscular development. It's kind of cool how uh, our discussion here just kind of like really dovetailed into a lot of what I just did with that. So that's, that's even more excellent. Yeah. But um, thanks again, everybody. And thank you for tuning in. I hope to hear from you again. Danielle, once more, thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes. And you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's Ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace. Peace.